Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Friday, October 2nd edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'm going to chat today about my thoughts for week four in the Circus Sports Million Contest. I will tell you up front that I do not like this NFL card a whole lot, but I'll talk through a couple of games, a handful of leans, try to piece together something here that resembles five plays to put together for that Circus Sports Million entry. We'll have a preview of the weekend on probably late Saturday night for the Circus Sports Million, otherwise early Sunday morning uh, for week four. We'll be doing one for the Super Contest on Sunday morning for week four as well. And of course, we do our Tuesday recap articles with our progress in the Circus Sports Million and the Circus Survivor and the progress of the field in the Super Contest, which we are not in here for the 2020 NFL season. Also over at ATS.io, got some updates here on the best sportsbook promotions heading into this weekend. Another big NFL weekend on the card. A few really good college games as well. So some good sportsbook promotions out there. And we've got them over at ATS.io. Along with tons of picks and predictions across all of the sports that are going on right now. It's not just NFL and college football. The NBA Finals are going on. The Major League Baseball playoffs going on. Soccer, golf tournaments, all sorts of things being covered over at ATS.io. And we encourage you to check out our ATS YouTube page as well with highlight videos, highlight games and topics from the podcasts here. And then also four videos a week from Brian Blessing covering a variety of different things this week, including the NASCAR race at Talladega. And of course, did the golf tournament, the Sanderson Farms Championship as well. So lots and lots of content and coverage of all sorts of different things available at ATS.io, on ATS Radio, and on our ATS YouTube page. All right, with that, let's take a look at week four in the Circus Sports Million 2. My entry, ATS.io-2, 9, 5, and 1 to start the season. Our ATS.io-1 entry, off to a 7 and 8 start. And our ATS Circus Survivor entry, still alive here going into week four. Two and three last week for me in the Circus Sports Million. Two and three for both of our entries, actually. And, you know, look, when I look back at what happened last week, I was set on six games pretty quickly, right off the bat almost. I was just picking one of the last two games that I liked for the card, and I went two and three. And, you know, as I was kind of processing everything from Sunday, I liked all five handicaps. You know, the Cowboys were right there with the Seahawks. The Falcons should have covered. They had that big lead. They were up, what, 16 with nine minutes left, something like that. Uh, The Bills had a bad second half, but wound up maybe getting a little bit lucky with that P.I. call. But they were good in the first half. The Falcons were good in the first half. The Texans were very good in the first half. I got Bill O'Brien in the second half, and they got shut out. And that's one of the challenging things about this contest is that you know, not only do you have to handicap well, but you got to run on the right side of games that play out in that way. And unfortunately for me last week, I didn't. You know, my handicaps, at least with regards to the first half, were all pretty good. But in the second half, you know, some of the coaches I bet on didn't make adjustments. Some bad things happened defensively. There were some, you know, questionable calls or or something like that. For the most part, you know, I set myself up well last week. And wound up going two and three. And again, it's one of the frustrating things of this contest. 3,148 entries. 
you don't have margin for error for things to run bad against you. So again, I think my handicaps last week weren't that bad. I just don't think that the results played out in the way that the process did. So, you know, look, I'm not going to hang my head about the two and three week. I, I believe process over results more often than not. And, you know, look, I mean, it's, it's all you can do is kind of turn the page and move on a little bit and try to see if you can figure some different things out. But again, you know, you can have this happen in these contests. I'm sure a lot of listeners, you know, in their own super contest format or something like that. But, you know, I liked all five games. I, I liked where I was in all five games, you know, going into half, even going into the fourth quarter. And, you know, some of them just didn't work out. And so now you turn the page, you move on, you try to figure out something different. You try to see what you maybe missed in some of those games. And, and the one thing that I kind of thought, and maybe I said this a little bit tongue in cheek on Sunday when I was texting with some buddies, is, you know, maybe it's just as simple in the NFL as better quarterback, better head coach, take that side. You know, when, when you think about the games that I lost, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are better than Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. Russ made the plays in the fourth quarter, got his team to win. Uh, the Cowboys had the three turnovers again. So, you know, maybe that's a scenario where, where I made a bad judgment call there. You know, Falcons. I mean, Dan Quinn is obviously not a good head coach. Dan Quinn is going to be fired. And if the Falcons lose this week in lopsided fashion to the Packers, it could very well be on Tuesday. Dan Quinn is not a good head coach. That's back-to-back weeks now that the Falcons have blown fourth-quarter leads. And so I look at something like that, and I think, okay, yeah, Matt Ryan is better than Mitch Trubisky. Matt Ryan is better than Nick Foles. But maybe Matt Nagy is just better than Dan Quinn. And they made the adjustments, and they wound up winning the football game. You know, Bill O'Brien against Mike Tomlin. You know, I think Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback at this stage of his career than Ben Roethlisberger. I do think that Roethlisberger maybe makes some smarter decisions, maybe has a better offensive line. You could put those things up for debate. But Mike Tomlin is a better head coach than Bill O'Brien. So maybe that's something that I need to try to focus on a little bit more here is the coaching side of it. And it's hard for me because, you know, those that listen to my baseball podcast, The Better's Box, or read a lot of my content know that I'm pretty analytically driven. I look at a lot of stats. Maybe I don't look at all of the advanced stats that are out there, or I don't talk about them on the show, but we can't really, for the most part, quantify coaches. I think it's a very difficult thing to do. We know generally who's good and who's bad, but quantifying how much better a coach is than the opposing coach is really hard to do. But when I look at the games that I lost last week, there's one common thread and it's that probably the better coach won the second half. And so maybe that's something I need to focus on a little bit more here, maybe an adjustment that I need to make. And that is something that I will look to try to do here uh, as we go forward. Not necessarily this week, because I just think that there aren't a whole lot of games that line up for such a simplistic system. But as we go forward here, I'm probably going to find myself betting more often on the more trustworthy coaches than the guys that I don't think are all that trustworthy. 3.148 million in the prize pool for the Circus Sports Million. There is no rake in that contest. After this week, the first quarter prize will be handed out $187,000 for having the highest point total over the three four-week intervals and the last five-week interval 
in the Circus Sports Million. 75,000 for second, 25,000 for third. Aaron White dash one and Sunny San Diego dash one tied for first in the Circus Sports Million at 13, one and one. So that's 13 and a half points. A seven way tie for third with 13 points. One full point for a win, a half point for a push. The only push so far in the contest, Chargers and Bengals in week one. And I was on that game on the Chargers. Maybe got a lucky push in that one, but that's the 9-5-1 and one that I have in the Circus Sports Million here so far. Last week, a reversal of fortunes for the Circus Million field as a whole, 47.72%. In week two, 55.88%. So a great week two, a disappointing week three, not really a big surprise. Again, you, know, you talk about a week in week two, where the sports books got absolutely obliterated, well, there's usually regression to the mean for that, and that did wind up being the case in week three. Year to date here in the Circa Million, 24,004 winners, 22,230 losses, 796 pushes. That is 51.92%. If you can't do that math in your head right away, give me that percentage there again, 51.92% for the season. Last week, the consensus, the most popular side in each individual game, went 8-8, eight and eight, and that's now 25-22-1 and one for the season. The top five consensus, the five most popular picks, 2-3 and three last week, 8-7 and seven on the season. There are 680 entries left in the Circa Survivor, and we are one of them. Over in the Super Contest, 46.08% last week. for the season. Now, I'm a little bit surprised with the larger field size in the Circa Million that it is over a full percent better than the Super Contest at this point in time. But I guess maybe the sharper field comes from the Circa because they were looking to pick off that overlay up until the uh, rash of signups just before the start of the NFL season. 3,148 in the Circa Million, 1,172 in the Super Contest. The first quarter prize of $100,000 will go out here in the Super Contest, 25 for second, 10 for third. And that 135 k for the quarter prizes really cut into the full season prize pool, and that certainly kept some people away from the, Circa, or from the Super Contest Excuse me, here in 2020. Lastly, Super Contest Gold last week, 44.72%, 53.24% for the season. That is a winner-take-all contest. 72 entrants, five grand apiece, 360K up for grabs in that one. One quick note here before I get into my picks and leans for week four is that it was reminded to the Super Contest field last week, or heading into this week, a few days ago, that if a game is not played by Tuesday at 2 a.m., it counts as a tie in the Circa Sports Million. Now, this is really interesting, and I think this could wind up being a factor here later on in the year. Now, again, the Titans and the Steelers not playing this week, I think it's a very good thing that the Vikings don't have any positive tests after playing the Titans. Hopefully, that continues to be what happens as we go forward into the weekend here. But that's a good sign going forward that if there is an outbreak with a team, there's a good chance that it's you know, confined just to that team and won't impact the team that they just played. The NFL gathering some very valuable data on this for this week. 
still a bummer for the Titans, and obviously we hope for the best for all of their uh, personnel affected by the COVID-19 virus. But with that being said, the fact that the Vikings game is still on, I think is a good sign as we move forward here for the NFL. But with regards to the Circa contest, again, as I said, it goes as a half point. So it goes as a push if the game is not played. Now, again, I think if there is a situation later in the year where there's a game kind of in question, do you take the free half point or do you pick a game that maybe you don't like a whole lot and go for the full point? This could be a really interesting game theory angle here because like for me this week, for example, I don't like five games. There are not five games that I'm confident in for this week. So does it make sense if this option was given to me where, you know, let's say that the Vikings and the Texans game didn't look as promising as it does. Well, would I take the Vikings or the Texans and hope for that half point? Or, you know, maybe I like a side in that game. And at worst, I get a half point out of it. You know, that could be something from a game theory standpoint down the line that could be pretty interesting if you want to try to hold your position or something like that if you don't like the card. So that's kind of a nice little wrinkle there that, you know, we'll see how that winds up playing out. In any event, I only have two games I would consider very likely picks here for week four. I do have a set of four leans, but I'm all over the place with this card. I will tell you that up front here. Uh, Again, I'll give you my thoughts. I'll give you what I like about these games that are on my short list, but this is a tough week. You know, there are just not a whole lot of games that really jump off the page to me. One that does, though, is number 11, the Dallas Cowboys. They're a five-point favorite here against the Cleveland Browns. And and I don't know if Mike McCarthy's better than Kevin Stefanski. I do think Dak Prescott is a good bit better than Baker Mayfield. So there is that. You know, I think maybe McCarthy and Stefanski kind of even at this point in time, simply because Stefanski, you know, doesn't really have that full body of work. But I do feel like I'm getting a quarterback advantage here with the Cowboys and Prescott. And something that that doesn't really show up if you only look at the point totals for the Browns over the last two weeks, but their offense really isn't very good. Last week, fewer than five yards per play against the Redskins. Five of the six drives that started inside their own 30 resulted in punts. Four of their six scoring drives actually started in Washington territory. The other one was a field goal that started outside their own 40. So the Browns really aren't sustaining a lot of long drives here. They've been able to take advantage of some short fields because of turnovers from the opposition. And also, too, I mean, they had their way to a degree with the Bengals' defense in that Week 2 game. The Browns' injury report's got all kinds of players all over it. Denzel Ward is a worry. Kareem Hunt is a worry. Claiborne and Vernon have been banged up the last two weeks. Uh, Mac Wilson is questionable. We'll see if he's able to give it a go this week. But when you look at this game and you look at the total, the total implies a shootout here. Total's up in the mid-50s for this game. I don't think that that favors the Browns. The Browns have not been all that much of a big play offense here. At this point in time, they have not driven long fields to score points. And the Cowboys here, they're plus 0.7 yards per play on the season. Now, part of this is because of that game against the Falcons. They did have to throw it around a lot in the second half, but the Cowboys can move the football to a higher degree than the Browns can. And again, with a total that implies a higher scoring game, 
I do like the Cowboys in this spot. Now, they have not done well in the turnover department, and if they give the Browns short fields, the Browns can capitalize, as we've seen here so far throughout the season. But Dallas, I mean, look, they played Seattle, they played Atlanta, a couple of really good offensive teams there. They're middle of the pack in yards per play allowed. I think this defense, despite all of the injuries and all of the losses, has played relatively well, all things considered. They've had some bad fumble luck. Prescott's had a couple of fumbles. Zeke's fumbled a couple of times. They're not turning the football over with interceptions. And I think fumble luck is something that does oftentimes regress to the mean. So I'm going to take the Cowboys minus five here this week. I know it's four and a half out there in the marketplace, but I don't trust the Browns to score points with the Cowboys if they don't get gifted those short fields. And I do think that the Cowboys are a better team in the turnover department than they've shown so far. Next up on my very likely list of picks here, number 16, the Miami Dolphins. They are plus six against the Seattle Seahawks. And admittedly, I would much rather have six and a half here. This number was predominantly six and a half when this line came out for the Circa Million, but it came out at six, and I understand the reasons why. The Dolphins are taking sharp money here in this spot, and I do agree with that thought process. Now, this is one where I do not have the better quarterback and I do not have the better head coach. However, there are some situational things here in this game that I feel like really level the playing field. First of all, early kickoff for Seattle, long travel from Seattle to Miami, that's a big factor. But I think the bigger factor in this game is that this weather forecast, quite frankly, looks like shit. Heavy rain, heavy wind, We know Seattle likes to go vertical with that passing game. I think that hurts Russ a little bit to see this weather forecast because it makes it a lot tougher to go downfield. One thing, wind is another, and we're talking gusts up in the 20-mile-per-hour range. The Dolphins, they don't throw as much vertically. Fitzpatrick just kind of makes his throws to the middle of the field and all of that. The Seahawks' defense has not played well. Now, maybe the weather conditions do help them a little bit, But we're also getting six points here in a game that as more people pay attention to the weather forecast, this total will come down. So we've got a little bit of a lower scoring expectation and we get the Dolphins plus six here at home in a game where it seems like it will be difficult for Seattle to come out and get off to a fast start with the long travel, the time change, all that kind of thing. Furthermore, It's going to be humid in Miami, something that Seattle not accustomed to. That could tire them out a little bit in the second half. In particular, if they've got some three and outs here in the first half with Russ kind of neutered a little bit because of the weather conditions, Seattle's coming off of two emotional home wins over the Patriots and the Cowboys in close games. They go back in conference to host Minnesota in primetime next week. This feels like a flat spot all around for Seattle. They are the better team. They have the better coach. They have the better quarterback. But I do think that these weather factors and also some of these situational factors will come into play here. And I do agree with the line movement on Miami in this game. So give me the Dolphins plus six and the Cowboys minus five as my two very likely picks for week four. Now, as far as the leans go, and you can hear me take a deep breath here on the air because... I don't like this week four card. There are just not a lot of games I feel confident in. And this is one of the hardships of being in these contests. You know, if you're just betting your personal bankroll, 
You can bet totals for one thing. That certainly helps in the NFL. But you don't have to pick five games if you don't like five games. I got to pick five games, and I don't like five games. So we'll see what winds up making my card here. Again, picks are due into the proxy by 4 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. So I've got well over 24 hours to see if I can find anything that I feel like gives me a little bit more of an edge for the games here for this week. But of my list of leans here, we start with number five, the New Orleans Saints minus four and a half in the Circa Million here. I, I think that the controlled environment will help Drew Brees. You know, we know that he's very good down in the Superdome. Now he's got this controlled environment at Ford Field. And the Lions have the lowest pressure percentage in the NFL. So I don't think that they're going to make Drew Brees uncomfortable. And Drew Brees, even with the depressed arm strength, can still make a lot of smart decisions with the football if he's not pressured, if he's given time to do so. So that's something I think is a feather in New Orleans' cap here for this game. I'm tired of Sean Payton doing the Taysom Hill thing. I don't know if he'll learn from it going forward. We'll have to wait and see. Michael Thomas is a big deal. And, and, you know, this line has kind of fluctuated a little bit between four and four and a half. I think really based on how it's been framed, whether or not Michael Thomas plays this game. I don't know if he does or not, but obviously he would be a big help for the Saints if he is able to play. And we'll see what that Friday practice report winds up looking like. But when you look at the Lions here, I mean, offensively, they're just not that explosive. Only five and a half yards per play. Stafford still doesn't look right. He's been virtually immobile. He's been hit and sacked a few too many times for my liking. The Lions just don't have a whole lot of explosiveness with that offense. And something that I think has kind of been hidden with all the talk about Drew Brees and the New Orleans offense and all of that, this Saints defense has only allowed 5.3 yards per play. They have played well to this point in time. So, you know, look, I mean... It's not a game I love. None of these leans are games that I love. But I think Breeze in the controlled environment with the better defense, the fact that the Saints have only allowed 5.3 yards per play and opponents have converted 49% of their third downs, I think that's a good sign for the Saints going forward. That third down conversion rate against will come down as we move forward here. The Lions are at 40%. That's in the bottom 10 of the league to start this season. I like the Saints minus four and a half. I don't know if it makes the cut. We'll see about Thomas, but I do lean with the Saints here in this spot against the Detroit Lions. Next on the list of leans is number 10, the Jacksonville Jaguars plus three. And this is a pretty simple handicap to me. I mean, the Bengals are averaging 4.2 yards per play on offense. I don't know how a team that bad on the offensive side can be favored over anybody. And I know that Jacksonville did not look good against Miami. I know that Jacksonville is a team that nobody had any hopes or aspirations for coming into the season, but look, they're moving the chains on third down. And if they're good enough to flip field position in this game, if Minshew can take care of the football, they'll force the Bengals to drive the length of the field. And the Bengals at 4.2 yards per play cannot do that. AJ Green does not look right. The Bengals are not using Joe Mixon all that effectively. They're not protecting Joe Burrow at all. The Jaguars don't blitz a ton, but they rank in the middle of the pack in pressure percentage. So I think of the leans that I'm going to discuss here on today's show, I think this one's probably the closest to a pick for me. I just don't think the Bengals deserve to be favored. I I just don't think that you can put a team averaging 4.2 yards per play in a favorite role 
against the Jaguars offense that for the most part has looked pretty competent this season. I know they didn't play well against Miami on Thursday night, but that was a Thursday night. And, you know, sometimes you can kind of draw a line through some of those games. And I'll do that with this one. Jaguars plus three. I think I've kind of talked myself into this being my third very likely pick for week four. Next up on the board here, number 14, the Minnesota Vikings. They are plus five in their game against the Houston Texans. Again, still some questions here regarding COVID and if the Vikings stay with all negative tests. But I'm pretty done with Bill O'Brien here. I think the guy just doesn't adjust well. I just don't think that he's you know made to be a head coach in the NFL. Coordinator, maybe. Head coach, no. The Vikings defense is bad, and I fully understand that. But they've got a strong ground game. Cousins has been moving the football, albeit you know sometimes in garbage time. But I just wonder, looking at the Texans here, if they just aren't very good. I just wonder if a couple years of built-up regression are starting to take shape here now. You know, Deshaun Watson has very limited options. He's taken a lot of sacks and a lot of hits again this year. The Texans have not forced a turnover. Five points just feels like a lot here. And this one is a little bit lower out there in the market. So maybe there's that. But I just, I I don't trust Bill O'Brien. And I think Mike Zimmer will make adjustments with this defense. I think he realizes how shorthanded he is from a personnel standpoint. I think with each passing week, the Vikings defense should look a little bit better. And if nothing else, they're efficient on offense. And that is something that should help them. Also, Gary Kubiak, you know, some familiarity with the Texans personnel, the guys that have been there for a long period of time. So to me, I, I just, I think this line's too high. I take the Vikings plus five here. And again, this is one that probably, you know, kind of by default uh, will end up on the Circa card here for this week. One more, 25, the Buffalo Bills, minus three. This lines up to three and a half at some places. Now, the Raiders injury report looks really bad, and the Bills injury report looks really good. And I think this is just a case of yards per play differential starting to create a move in this line. The Vikings are minus, or excuse me, the Raiders are minus 0.6 in yards per play differential, the Bills are plus 0.6. And the Bills' defense has allowed six yards per play. I do think that will improve as we go forward here. You know, they got kind of torched in the Dolphins game with Milano and Edmonds being out. Last week, they gave up a lot of yards when they kind of went into a shell and kind of played some prevent defense. I think this Bills' defense will improve. Bills minus three here, the last one of my leans. Although I do think this top five consensus pick and road favorites in the top five consensus are very, very scary, to say the least. So the very likely picks for me, Cowboys minus five, Dolphins plus six, the list of leans, Saints minus four and a half, Jags plus three, Vikings plus five, Bills minus three. You'll be able to see our picks for week four in the Circa Sports Million in that Circa Update article either late Saturday night or early Sunday morning, uh, depending on when I get home and get a chance to get to it. Uh, And then Super Contest preview article on Sunday morning over at ATS.io. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, safe weekend. And I will talk to you again on Monday with professional handicapper Kyle Hunter of huntersportspicks.com.